Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, joined, as always, by my co-host, Trey Lyle, and we are excited for yet another week of baseball talk with you all. Thank you for tuning in to today's edition of the podcast. We appreciate it, and we have a lot to get to on today's episode as we are just now, what, two weeks away from opening day? I mean, the, the days are counting down, the weeks are counting down, and we are getting ever closer to the best day of the year in the baseball world opening day just over two weeks away i'm very excited i know trey is very excited a lot of stuff going on around spring training a lot of news going on around the world of baseball and we're going to dive into it all here over the next couple of minutes trey how are you doing today i'm doing pretty good you know living life in lynchburg virginia you know working hard uh getting ready for the ncaa tournament on my job side if if you want to listen to it on cbs sports radio lynchburg you can we'll have the entire tournament just a a cheap plug there but uh good to always see your face over zoom you know even if it it wasn't a pandemic we'll be doing these over zoom so uh good to see your face right now matthew how are you doing I'm good. I'm doing very well. And uh, speaking of Lynchburg, you know, we're working on this baseball across the Commonwealth series that I've been doing on the podcast. And I actually reached out to the the Lynchburg Hillcats and a brewery in the area and haven't heard back from either of them. So I might need you to pull some strings down there. Get me in touch with the Lynchburg Hillcats. I want to get them on the podcast. I think that would be a fun interview. Uh, But coming up this Friday, we'll talk to the Fredericksburg Nationals getting ready for their inaugural season up in Fredericksburg as well as Six Bears and a Goat Brewery in Fredericksburg. So a couple of fun interviews coming up this Friday. It certainly is a name. There's a story behind it. Um, All the founders were members of the military, and the Bears and the Goat are the mascots of their branches of the military. I don't remember which branches they were, but I didn't know that. I I just saw Six Bears and a Goat, and I was like, wow, that is a, a very interesting name for a brewery. But should be a fun episode. Make sure to tune into that this Friday right here at foulballarea.com. And Trey, make sure to pull some strings down there in Lynchburg. I want to get the Hillcats on here. Time to get into some baseball news of the day. And this this news actually came out last week, but it was after we put out last week's episode of the podcast. So we weren't able to talk about it, but it's something that has to be talked about. Major League Baseball is experimenting with some new rules in the minor leagues this upcoming season. And... I'm not really a fan of most of them. There's at least one that I'm all right with, but most of them I don't like. The rules are as follows. In low A West, they will have a pitch clock. A 20-second pitch clock will be in effect for teams playing in the low A West League. In low A Southeast, they will have robot umpires. Basically, the automated balls and strikes system where a human umpire is still positioned behind home plate, but the Hawkeye tracking system will determine whether or not a pitch is a ball or a strike, and it will deliver an audio signal to the home plate umpire who will then relay the ball or strike call. So that's happening in low A southeast. In all of low A, they will have pickoff attempt limits where the pitcher 
only has a few attempts to pick off the runner on first base. I mean, I, per batter, I right? get they're it's, trying to... It's per batter. To, it's not like the whole game he gets three. Yeah, it, it limits pitchers to just two step-offs or pick-off attempts per plate appearance. On the third attempt, if the runner is not thrown out, the move is ruled a balk, and any runners are automatically awarded the next base. Happening in high A is the step-off rule, where... Pitchers are forced to fully step off the rubber before attempting a pickoff. If they aren't deemed to have fully stepped off the rubber, then the move is considered a balk and the runner is awarded a base. In double A leagues, there is defensive positioning restrictions. Basically, they're banning the shift in double A. I'm not really a fan of that. It's part of it's part of baseball, it's part of the game. The only one that I like in triple A, all triple A leagues. There will be larger bases. Each side of the base will be 18 inches long compared to in previous years when they were 15 inches long. And this is designed to prevent player injuries. I think this is one, you know, that that's that's a noble cause. Trying to speed up the game, I don't like that. Trying to prevent injuries, that's a good cause. Expanding the size of the bases to prevent player injuries, I can get on board with that. The rest of these, not a fan. I'm indifferent to the kind of them. I don't think they're ever going to make the major league level. I think personally, as someone who's who's been an umpire before and has officiated on a high school level, I like the human element. You know, it, it sucks and it's very inconsistent, and that's, you know, the the worst part of it. I just don't ever see it getting to the higher levels. But for this, you know, I I like it as a you know a test of just like let's see what it's like, and just to give a feel because I think. You use these and you can create variations of rules that probably would be more effective. I think the best one I agree with you is, and maybe I'm the biggest fan of, is the bigger base. I think um, I think it just needed to be done because the way the game is so close in terms of just skill, I think you need that kind of bigger area just so the best players don't get hurt. I, I, you've seen countless cases of, you know um, – ankles getting stepped on or, or foots breaking like it, it's not good at all on either side and it also will help the umpire if you have a bigger target it's easier to see and that three inches will probably be massive to get a correct call where you don't have to go to replay for it and then you're not you know in turn it, it doesn't slow down the game so in a way it helps with pace of play and the parts that probably are the easiest to be sped up yeah, I'm, I'm sure that the uh, the larger bases will have an effect on the, the umpires in making calls at each base. Um, I don't think that's the intended effect, but it probably will help out with that. It's also. a bonus effect, I would say. I, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, it's not the intended. It's not like the intention is this. I think it, it's something that you'll see because of it. And I will say, regarding the uh, defensive positioning restrictions that are going to be taking place in all AA leagues, it's not as extreme as some other proposals uh, for instance last season in the Atlantic League or uh, two seasons ago I don't remember when it was but when Major League Baseball partnered with that league and they put all kinds of crazy experimental rules in the Atlantic League they had a complete ban of the shift where you had to have two infielders on each side of the diamond this rule for double A leagues in 2021 all the infielders have to have their feet completely in front of the outer infield dirt boundary when the pitch is thrown so 
they can be wherever they want in the infield. So the, the shortstop could be on the second base side of the diamond, but they have to have their feet completely on the dirt. They cannot be in the outfield. So you can still shift a little bit, just not as extreme as you normally would without these restrictions. However, I don't like it because you see the direction they're heading. They're going towards banning the shift. And I think that's just a terrible idea because it's part of baseball. It's it's a smart strategy if there's a player who always hits the ball to one spot on the field, put your defensive players there and stop them. Like that's just the way the game is played. If you're if you're not able to beat the shift when you have three fielders on one side of the diamond, you need to figure something out because you're a major league baseball player. You should be able to put the ball on the other side of the field. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think I, you know, I've seen the negative parts of the shift. And like I said, it's, it's something where it's like, it's, it's, it can be frustrating, but it's sort of like a, you know, a, a certain defense in football. Like you just have to game plan against it. Like, for example, like I play MLB the show and they have shifts in it and and if the guy there's no third baseman, well, what you do with the the batter no matter what is just bunt to the third base side and like Exactly. and and you just don't hit it where the ball is. Like I it's it's that simple. Like I I get it it's I mean, honestly like the shift they shouldn't you really shouldn't be put in a shift because you're opening a part of the field where damage can happen and it, the fact that people complain, like, just, you know, get better. <laughs> like, that's, like, I know that's <laughs> Even- a little hypocritical to say because I won't be able to do it. But, I mean, like, look at the best, like, best players in the world. Like, they have to evolve their game. Like, you don't see Giannis because everyone knows how to stop Giannis at the Kumbo. You build a wall. And, and that's what teams have done in the playoffs. You don't see them going like, ah, they should ban the ability to have like three players at the free throw line when I drive. Like, no, <laughs> like he just has to, you know, he said, oh, I got to get better. I have to work on my outside shots so they can't do that. And I got to get inside quicker. Or I have to pass it and I can set up off the pick. And roll. Like, it, it's dumb. <laughs> like, this is like, this is where good analytics are good and like there's a way to prove them wrong like just do the other thing like even if you're not a good opposite field hitter the bunt is always there and it even that's if you're gotta slow. be like the easiest thing to do just bunt the other way there's no one there to stop it like i just don't and, understand and that. you have and it's not like look and it's also like if it let's say you do, they hit the shift with what one like two no no strikes if it like you mess up and it goes foul well you still can hit like the only time you don't do it is with two strikes and then just try to hit it down the line yeah i just i'm not a fan of banning the shift and although this particular rule is not a complete ban of the shift that's that's the direction that they are heading so not a big fan of these minor league rule changes that will be in effect in 2021 now uh, uh big news that broke today is maybe the one of the biggest names in sports like one of you know lebron james we kind of mentioned him a little earlier talking about you know when we were talking about the shift has bought into the finway group which owns a a couple of things they own uh nesson they own uh roush finway racing and nascar and a couple other ventures uh but also him and his business partner maverick carter uh, have done this becoming the first black uh, african-american owners of a baseball team as obviously Fenway giving you the, the hint there Boston Red Sox. So uh, LeBron James becoming a part owner of the Boston Red Sox. Now 
LeBron was an avid supporter of the Cleveland Indians during their run, obviously coming from the Cleveland area. He's shown to be a Yankees fan as well. There's 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 some hats floating around, but uh, to have this kind of name, you know, both in NASCAR a little bit, not as big as, you know, Michael Jordan investing into the sport, but in baseball is big because, you know, LeBron is, you know, you could take the star power of every MLB baseball player combined, and I still don't think you you match LeBron James' appeal right now. I mean, he's he's freaking LeBron James. Like he's the he's the best basketball player in the world, and maybe the greatest basketball player of all time, depending on your opinion. And so the fact of getting that kind of star power as an owner, uh, along with Maverick Carter, is, is big for baseball, even if it's with the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, that's pretty big for the Red Sox and big for LeBron James and his business partner. I didn't realize that they were uh, the first African American owners in baseball. Of a, I think, a major league I think baseball that's team. what it is exactly. I yeah, so that's that's good. That's a pretty impressive and uh, progress on that front. But like you said, he he was a big supporter of the Cleveland Indians. He's been a supporter of the Yankees at times. So it's like pick a team. I mean, I don't know. I like I don't understand how he ended up buying part of the Red Sox getting in with this group. Well, he technically didn't buy now that he's in Los Angeles. He didn't buy the Red Sox. He bought the he bought into he became part owner of the Fenway Sports Group, if that makes yeah, sense. So that yeah. that's he's, he's that's a, part of that among group. their investments are are um so basically how it, it works is LeBron James become part owner of the Red Sox, both he and Maverick Carter are joining the Fenway Sports Group as partners, first and only black partners in uh FSG history. So that might have been it. Uh, Fenway Sports okay. Group history. Right. Uh, well, that's still pretty good. That's pending good. major good league them. approval, they've also approved a $750 million investment from Redbird Capital Partners. So that's uh, pretty interesting as well. I mean, it, it is a cool venture, and it's always good when you have someone. Like you said, LeBron James' star power is comparable to no one else in the United States, really. I mean, the the only he's the biggest athlete. On, he is the biggest, I would say, current athlete in this in the United States. Yeah, yeah. The only athletes that could top him are like soccer Messi, stars, like Neymar, Messi and Ronaldo. Um, yeah, that's about it. But this is America, and we don't care about uh, them. Forgot Ronaldo. So, so in, in that group. um, it, it's always good when you have someone of LeBron James' status buying into baseball, and you know, I think that baseball. As we've said many times on this podcast, has issues with marketing this game, marketing MLB, marketing its players. And so hopefully LeBron James will be able to come into Boston and at least help the Red Sox figure that out, if not help the entire league. I think you summed it up perfectly. I think, you know, uh, you'll, you're will you going to see more of this. LeBron, LeBron is not the only athlete that's talked about owning sports teams. I mean, he's he's been on the record how he wants to own a basketball team one day. So you could see more of this, and I think teams need to look at this because it kind of provides an extra face for your franchise outside of it. You know, you know, LeBron owns Liverpool. Like he he's done this in other sports, and you look at how great Liverpool is. They're one of the they one of the best teams in Europe. So pretty interesting to see. All right, Trey, it is St. Patrick's Day, and so in the spirit of St. Patrick's Day and Ireland. I've got a little bit of trivia for you today. Hit me with it. Hope you're ready for this. So this is all related to the Irish American Baseball Hall of Fame, which is in New York. I'm going to list off some uh, some hints, some facts about some of the Hall of Fame members 
and we'll see if you can guess them. So our first one, this actor, who is a member of the Irish American Baseball Hall of Fame, has won two Oscars, two Golden Globes, an Emmy, and is known for his role in two of the best baseball films of all time. Can I get a, uh, what year was he inducted? Uh, I don't know what year he was inducted, but I can give you another hint. Yes. He played a career minor leaguer in one of his films, his hit film in 1988, that was rated as the number one best sports Kevin movie Costner. of all time by sports. Yep, there you go. Kevin Costner played Crash Davis in Bull Durham in 1988, and then, of course, played the main character in the 1989 hit Field of Dreams. This Hall of Fame pitcher is known for his Texas roots, but he does, in fact, have Irish heritage. Is it the greatest pitcher Hall of, of Fame pitcher? Hall of Fame pitcher in Texas is all you really need to know. I know. It's Nolan Ryan. Yep, Nolan Ryan. He has That's some why Irish I heritage. I said it was the greatest pitcher ever. I just, you know. Yeah. Holds the career MLB strikeout record at 5,714. Also the MLB record with seven career no-hitters. He was inducted Irish... in 2011. That was... All right. <clears throat> Are you looking at the, the Hall of Fame website? I, Are you cheating? You know it. <laughs> to be fair, I don't know who you're asking of me, so I'm just looking at the list and, and, and <laughs> connecting the dots. So. All right. Well, Mariah wants me to let you know that she got Kevin Costner right. I knew Kevin Costner, all right? I knew it, okay? <laughs> all right. All right. I didn't even see him on the list before I said Kevin Costner. Just want to point that out. And he was a part of how, – how interesting it is. He was part of the first class – uh, in 2008, and uh, Nolan Ryan wasn't, but it, an interesting player that was, and I'll let you ask me the final question, was Mark McGuire. So Mark McGuire is a Hall of Famer. How about that? I, I didn't even ask, I didn't even give you the hint yet, and you knew that's who I was going to ask next. Because I am a genius. All right. Yes, And I will ask you has... How about all right, that? All right, let hit me, me with it. Let me um, think real. I've still got three more for you. Oh, okay, hit me. All right, I got one. I have one when uh, when we're done. How about that? Okay. All right, all right. You, you got Mark McGuire before I even gave you the hint, so we're moving on. This general manager has led his team Brian to Cashman. four World Series. To... <laughs> I was going to ask you, Brian Cashman. That's why I knew it. Led his team to four World Series championships and six American League pennants, Brian Cashman. Born with some Irish heritage. Year? You want to guess the year he was inducted? 2012? That's close, 2010. I don't know. This 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 Hall of Fame, I, I think it started in like 2008, so they've got it a lot of catching up to do. start in 2008. All right. Got two more. This actor is regarded as one of the best comedians of all time, but his baseball claim to fame is being co-owner of the Charleston River Dogs. Bill Murray. There you go. You got it right. He was inducted Cheating. in 2015. You you could also use he's like he's a you know the biggest Cub fan in the world. That too. So which is interesting because the Charleston River Dogs are not a minor league affiliate of the Cubs. It is interesting. All right, last one be... I got for you. This slugger played 14 seasons for the Reds, Diamondbacks, Nationals, White Sox, and A's. Well, you took. I already used. McGuire, it obviously can't be. Is it Kevin Millar? 
No, it is not. It's not Kevin. He's he was inducted in 2016. Can I get another hint? He is tied for the most opening day home runs with Ken Griffey Jr. and Frank Robinson. They each hit eight home runs on opening day. I'm not gonna get this. Um, you got another one? No, that's all the hints I got. Uh, it's not Dave Schofield. No. Um, I don't know who is it. That would be Adam Dunn. I do not see Adam Dunn on this list, my man. I'm pretty sure he was inducted into the last class, 2019. Oh, well, their website needs to update because it's only updated through 2017. (laughs) Yeah, they do. Adam Dunn was inducted into the Irish American Baseball Hall of Fame. Interesting. I'm going to count that as uh, you cheated, and therefore I wasn't able to do proper research and be prepared for this test. So uh, that's a failure of the teacher. Some other notable names that I didn't get to in my trivia, Braves manager Brian Snitker, Braves Hall of Famer Dale Murphy, Casey Stengel, Kevin Millar, who you mentioned, John McGraw, Connie Mack, two of the greatest managers of all time, two members who are not in the Irish American Baseball Hall of Fame that I found really interesting, Whitey Ford and Derek Jeter, both have Irish heritage. Neither are in the Irish American Baseball Hall of Fame. Both played for the Yankees. (laughs) Yeah, the Yankees are really representing in this Hall of Fame. Well, it makes sense, but like those are two of the best Yankees ever. But that was a fun little uh, trivia time. There's there's a lot of links between Ireland and Major League Baseball, which I thought was interesting and I thought would be fun to do since today is St. Patrick's Day. It's time for another edition of. So you think you don't like beer, huh? What? I'm not doing the noise. Okay, the noise is out. We're okay, not doing the that. noise is out. Anyway, it is time for another edition of So You Think You Don't Like Beer Huff, featuring my fiance, Mariah Craddock. Hello. <laughs> but today we're drinking a beer that I might not like. That is true. Today I chose the beer because it is St. Patrick's Day, and so what else to drink on St. Patrick's Day but a nice, cold, straight out of Dublin, Ireland Guinness Draft Stout. Although, according to my research, Guinness is, in fact, not the most popular beer in Ireland. Oh, really? What is? Heineken. Heineken is the most According popular to a 2015 beer. article, slightly dated, but I couldn't find any more recent information. Well, this is the most popular Irish beer in America, I'm guessing. I would say that's a fair guess. And you don't think you're going to like this because you don't like stouts. Not usually, although I've only had Guinness as a part of a popular bar drink, which we're going to call an Irish slammer to avoid offensive language. Yeah, and we have had a lot of those during our college years at I River Mill. say a lot for me. A few. I don't know. A lot for you. Yeah. And you want to tell them what um, fighting the bear is? <laughs> Yeah, so one of my roommates in college was a year older than us, and so when we all turned 21 and started going out downtown, he told us about uh, this thing at the bar called River Mill, and this, this I don't know what you would call it, like this feat, it was called Fighting challenge. the Bear, this challenge, Fighting the Bear, where you order an Irish slammer and chase it with a Jaeger bomb. bomb. Yeah. I did that like once. Kyle did that twice in one night, one time. 
Yeah. And if you don't, if you're confused by Irish Slammer, Guinness with a shot of Bailey's in it is what we're referring to. And you have to drink it really fast or it will curdle. And that's curdle. not a good time. You don't want that. No. We have uh, some knockoff Baileys because I went to the ABC store today and a 375 milliliter bottle of Baileys was $17. But a 750 milliliter bottle of Ryan's Irish style cream liqueur was $10. So why pay more for less? I don't know if we're going to drink this whole thing, but we'll have it. As your sister said, quantity over quality. <laughs> so we may end up doing an Irish Slammer tonight because Mariah probably really will not like this Guinness. But let's go ahead and crack but it But an open. Irish Slammer tastes like chocolate milk, and that I do enjoy. Whoa. That was, like, steamy coming out of that. Was that the nitrogen? That was, yeah, it says nitrogenated for smoothness. Oh, nitrogenated. It looks like chocolate milk it does uh, i think that's just the uh the foam the foam creaminess. all right now give me less than that <laughs> he poured about a cup and a quarter in his mug and about a half a cup in mine yours is just barely covering the bottom of your mug no there's like an inch <laughs> okay cheers cheers or what do they say in ireland Slaunch. cheers I think it's slancha. Okay. I don't speak Gaelic. You know, of the stouts I've had, it's pretty decent. It, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't like slap you in the face like some stouts. No, because it's got the nitrogen. It's nitrogenated. Would I drink a whole one of these? Probably not. But yeah. I did not make my repulsed face. You did not. I was actually surprised. It tastes a little bit like chocolate milk. Yeah. And it's not very bitter at all no well and stouts are generally low in ibus right some of them are pretty high they're just so heavy that you don't really taste the bitterness uh, as much may i see the can please well we did it the right way best enjoyed poured into a glass there you go are we gonna do do you want to add some irish cream to this <laughs> i feel like we might as well I feel like we shouldn't just drop a shot glass in there because we don't have enough. Are you going to save? We're also, for St. Patrick's Day, having for dinner corned beef and cabbage. And fun fact, that is an American creation. Because traditionally, Irish people would enjoy ham. But in the U.S., when many people immigrated here during the potato famine, ham was much more expensive than corned beef. So that's what they had. So how do you plan on doing this if we're not just going to drop the shot glass in? I feel like just pour it in real fast. I feel like we could drop it in. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it'll spill out. Yeah. I want to have that. Hmm? Less than what you poured yourself. Alright. I think you just have to pour it in really fast. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Tastes just like River Mill. <laughs> you should tag them when you post this. <laughs> yeah, I should. All right. Well, that was a good time. A great time, I would say. What would you rate this Guinness? Um, what's our scale? Five? Yeah. Maybe like a 
2.75. But that's generous for someone who doesn't generally like dark beer. It is. It's very generous. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in to another edition of So You Think You Don't Like Beer, huh? And happy St. Patrick's Day. All right. That's all we've got on today's episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Wishing you all a happy and safe St. Patrick's Day. Make sure to stay safe, whatever you're doing, however you're choosing to celebrate today. Trey, as always, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Well, Matt, it's always fun to be on. As always, make sure you rate and subscribe wherever you get the podcast. If you want to join the conversation, if you think someone belongs in the Irish Baseball Hall of Fame, let us know. Let us know how you're getting ready. You know, obviously March Madness coming up, but a lot of great uh, college baseball as well. So uh, let us know what you're doing and how you're listening to the pod. And, you know, obviously beer drinking podcast that we are. Any fun brews you want to give us, give us that. You can follow us at Trey Lyle, at Mackins21. At Foul Ball Area across all social media platforms. Thank you so much for listening to the Foul Ball Area podcast. For Matt Atkins, I'm Trey Lyle. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out.